Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You're listening to the Vox Media Podcast Network. Hey, what's going on, everybody? Mike Heck here from MMAfighting.com. Hope you're all having a wonderful week. UFC 279 is upon us, and we're going to be talking a lot about that event throughout the week. But today, an interview I did a few weeks back with former UFC featherweight title challenger, BKFC fighter, outdoorsman to the max, a lot going on in this man's life, and he has a lot of thoughts about the current landscape of the UFC, mixed martial arts, etc. And he also is teaming up with the fine folks over at Polaris. He got to take a fun ride, and you're going to learn all about that. You can also check out the video on the Polaris Razor YouTube channel and at MMAfighting.com. So, right now, my conversation with the one and only Chad Money Mendez. Enjoy. All right, let us say hello once again to Chad Mendez. Always a pleasure to talk to this man. He is an adventurous individual, and we're going to talk about some new adventures for Mr. Money. Chad, how are you, man? It's good to see you. I'm doing good, man. Good to see you again. How you been? So, I've been great. I've yeah. been great. Uh, we haven't spoken since you signed with BKFC, and yeah. this is before you had your debut, and we'll talk about that in a moment. But you are teaming up with Polaris here. They are introducing this vehicle, the Razor, and they have gotten a number of athletes together. You, Rose Namajunas, Roy Jones Jr., I believe, uh, Chad Ochocinco from NFL fame is a part of this as well, where you get to ride around in a Razor. And basically the goal of this was to try to kind of scare the heck out of all of you guys. What was your experience like? Can you describe as an adventurous individual as yourself what that was like for you? Oh, man, that was one of the funnest things I've ever done, hands down. I actually just got off the call. Uh, my business partner, who's like a huge adrenaline junkie, used to race when he was younger. And I forgot to tell him about this whole experience. And he brought it up this morning because I told him I had this uh, this interview. And I was just going off and he was blown away. I mean, at one point we were jumping. I think it was like a 65 foot gap in this thing. And it was landing like a pillow. I mean, the, the, the and there was multiple times where we were hitting close to 70 miles an hour on this. And this was, this was a, a motocross track. It wasn't even built for these rate, these players raise, uh, razors. So <laughs> it was pretty tight, like very tight quarters with really big jumps. And this thing just like cruised through it. Like it was nothing at all. Multiple times we'd be flying down. I'm like, we're going to flip when we hit that, that bank and it would just suck it and shoot you out the other side. Like it was nothing, man. I had so much fun. I was uh, just telling my business partner, like I, I would totally probably pay like, I feel like they could just like make money having people sign up to just drive around and, and experience this day to day. Like it was that much damn fun, man. I loved it. Yeah. I was thinking about this this morning. And when, when I ride with, when I ride in a car with my father, we're from, we're from the Boston area. So he's a pretty aggressive driver. He likes to get yeah. up all close and stuff. And <laughs> when he takes turns, like it's, it's only natural to grab the handle. Yeah. Like on the passenger seat, you're just like, you're trying not to be like, 
wimpy about it, but you're just like, okay, like, I don't know what's going to happen here. Were there certain points? I mean, you mentioned there were certain things like you thought it might tilt over, but at certain points where you're just like, I have to grab onto something or, you know, did, did they scare you at all? Was there any moments of like unsurety, so to speak, but in a, in a fun way? There was right off the bat. So the very first, so they fully suited me out. I had this black racing suit on uh, full helmet with the audio stuff on the, in the headset. So I could hear everybody talking, but they had a, basically like a grip handle right in front of me that we adjusted and I was fully strapped in like straight race car style, just strap in. And so I felt, I felt like I was in there pretty good. We had a net over the window and everything. So I wasn't going to go flying out if something happened, but um, the very first jump, like, and they didn't tell us anything about this going into it. They just said, we have uh, a video shoot for you. We'd love for you to come do this. Cause they wanted just full natural reaction. And when I showed up and they told me this is what we were doing, I was like, oh man, like that was a ballsy move. What if I would have just been like, screw you, I'm not getting in this damn thing. But I mean, I was pumped that I was telling my business partner this. I, th- I think my issue in life is that I trust everybody. So I was like, yeah, screw it. Let's go. This is going to be fun. But right off the bat, the first jump, he guns it, sucked me into the seat. And, you know, I, I, I've been in one years ago, you know, and I remember it being pretty smooth, but we never jumped it. And he comes up to this jump flying, like doing probably 40 or 50. And we jump. And the first, like, you know, when, when you drop and you get that, like, stomach feeling, you get that. And I'm just, like, bracing. My, my butthole is so puckered, bro. <laughs> and we landed, and it was just, like, pillows. And I was like, oh, like, this big relief just went over me. I'm like, all right, this is going to be super fun. And he just started ripping it, man. It, it was a good time for sure. So this will be part of the – Polaris Razors uh, Sunday Strolls content series. You'll be able to watch these videos. Are you nervous to see what you look like because mm. of like the adventure and the speed and everything that you were thinking about? No, man, I'm actually really excited to see this. And this video will be out soon. So if you guys stay tuned to the, the Polaris Razor YouTube channel, this will be live. Probably this summer is what they're shooting for. But I'm dying to see this, man. At one point, like we were jumping and they had drones like driving underneath us up, like as we were up in the air just like zipping through like and multiple times like drones as we were flying by would just come whizzing past us like super close so i'm i'm excited to see what kind of content how this stuff this plays out i think it's going to be really cool i'm excited to see it as well we mentioned you in your adventurous side you have ventured over to the world of bare knuckle fighting bkfc you took on fames you looked fantastic multiple knockdowns eventually you got him out of there what was the experience like for you like thinking back on it now it was a few months ago thinking back on it how 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 much did you enjoy that man i enjoyed that probably way too much (laughs) (laughs) i was you know i think we talked i wasn't sure what what it was going to be like i was either going to love it or i was going to hate it and i absolutely loved it man that was a fun experience i'm glad i got in there and got one done and 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 could check that off the off the list there, man, me and Uriah were actually talking that night and he's like, bro, I'm, I'm pretty jealous. And I'm like, wow. He's like, you got to say you're a bare knuckle boxer. Like how cool is that? And well, yeah, it's, it's pretty cool, man. It's, it was a fun experience, crazy journey. I mean, we, I, we talked before, but just so many pushbacks. And I think I trained for that for over a year, longest training camp in my life, but I think it was all worth it, man. It was a good time getting in there and experiencing that. And I, it was fun, man. I, I, actually enjoyed that probably more than I did fighting in the UFC. Uh, it seemed, you know, a lot easier, obviously focusing on one thing, just boxing, not having to worry about, you know, takedowns and grappling and, 
kicks coming at me and could really just focus like tunnel vision on one thing. And um, it felt good to get in there and just crack their knuckle, man. It was, it was a cool experience. There are a couple of things that stood out in our conversation outside of just you and just the UFC, like allowing you to do this and just your, your thoughts on it in general. One, you said that you had to convince your wife a little bit. So I'm curious about her reaction to the fight and how it all played out. And two, you said, you felt like Uriah was more excited about this than you were. Yeah. So what was fight week? What, what was fight week like with Uriah? Was he just giddy the whole time? Yeah, he was pumped, man. He he showed up uh, a couple of days into fight week. He had he had some other uh, work yet he had done, but right there towards the end, man, he was loving it. We were uh, in Florida, obviously, you know, the Cali kid. That's probably his next home away from home, just being in the heat and on the beach. He he was definitely in his element, but uh, you know, it, it did have that you know, kind of starting out smart show, Phil, obviously, because they are still, you know, in the, in the infant stages, but it, it brought me back, man. I, I actually enjoyed it. My, when I first started, I was fighting at the Tachi Palace, which was close to my hometown and kind of had that same feel, you know, and it was just cool going from the biggest stage in MMA, uh, in the MMA platform to back to that and just the, the, the feel of the hometown crowd type of thing, you know, even though it's not my hometown, but it just felt, I had a ton of people out there, which was really cool. Lots of friends, family. Uh, so all in all, yeah, I think Faber had a good time. He might even have had more fun than I did. <laughs> and, uh, and how did your wife react after the fight was over? Was, this, <laughs> she, was, she, was she like, don't do this again? Or what, what was the conversation like? <laughs> yeah, pretty much. She's like, all right, you got it out of your system. You're done. <laughs> but uh, yeah, she, she didn't want, we had friends over and stuff and they all sat in the living room and she stayed way back in the kitchen, just kind of like peeking through, you know, paying attention. But, you know, once the outcome was, was determined and she knew that I was okay, she, she felt a lot better, but yeah, it was tough for her. She's like, this is the first time I've ever not been at, to any of your fights. And I, she stood up the whole time because she was over in the kitchen. She said she just had the weakest legs ever. So yeah, all in all though, I mean, like I said, it was a good experience. I think it ended well. It was, in and out, you know, no real damage other than my hand was pretty jacked up, but seems to be fine now. Um, but yeah, I, I don't think it could have gone any better. Did you get it out of your system or do you feel like you haven't gotten all of it out of your system yet? Mm, I, I keep telling people never say never, but as of right now, I'm pretty content. Uh, you know, I got that, that checked off the list and we'll see. I mean, it's, I feel like I'm gambling every time I do this, even though it's so damn fun, but you know, I'm not going to say no. We'll see. I, I got nothing planned, nothing scheduled. So we'll just be talking to those guys and kind of see what things look like here, either the rest of this year or next year. It's also tough because all our fins and feather stuff really kicks off like in June and really goes through November. So, uh, you know, it's tough for me to step away from all that and jump into a hardcore training camp because I got to turn all that stuff off. And man, I'm having too much damn fun, you know, making money and getting to hang out with cool people and travel and hunt and fish. And uh, it, it's tough to step away from that for sure. Are you, would you like, this might be a weird question for you to answer, but let's just say that there's two, you're at the fork in the road right now. You can go, cause I feel like James, like James Krause is a perfect example. He's a guy who has found okay. a lot of different things. I've talked to him for a couple of years between fights and it was like, eh, same kind of response as you were given. Never say never. Maybe yeah. I'll come back, but I'm doing this and I'm doing this and it's going to take a lot to get me out of that. And eventually he just said, screw it. I'm done. You're never yeah. going to see me fight again. Mm -hmm. Are you more, do you feel like you're more towards taking the left towards fighting another time? Or do you feel like 
you're you got the blinker on right and we're probably focusing on that right row where it's just like i don't think i'm gonna do this anymore just because i'm having so much fun doing everything else like i don't need to fight anymore yeah i mean yeah and honestly when i retired from the ufc i had already decided like i was done like i'm gonna continue doing all this other stuff that's you know it's doing well and i'm having fun doing it it's just tough when a big money offer gets thrown your way and it's like something that's still fun to me and I still want to do it. And I'm still at the age where I'm not past my prime, you know? And so, yeah, I mean, I think I'm probably leaning towards, I'm going to keep doing the stuff that I'm doing now, but like we just said, never say never. I mean, if the money's right or it just makes sense, I mean, why the hell not? I'll get in there and, and throw some more blows and hopefully not take too much damage and get out, get paid and get back to all the other fun stuff too. So uh, we'll just see, man. We'll, we'll keep both sides open for sure. Love the attitude. Probably the answer I expected from you. A uh, couple other things before we let you go. I know you and Josh Emmett are obviously very close and Josh is in a very interesting predicament right now because he's just coming off of another victory. Main event went over Calvin Cater. Yair Rodriguez had sort of a weird win over Brian Ortega. Alexander Volkanovsky is injured. He might be going up to 155 to fight for the lightweight title. And Josh has just been knocking on the door he's just pounding the pavement saying like what else do i have to do to get a freaking title shot so just watching josh and knowing him as well as you do like what has that been like for you to watch just this this lack of clarity at 145 when he has the compelling case to fight for the title right now yeah it's such a bummer i mean that's that's the politics in the sport though it's like you know i've seen some of that through my career and you know, Josh is a, is a great guy. He's a badass. I mean, that no doubt in my mind, that guy could be the belt holder in that weight division. No doubt in my mind. I mean, the dude hits harder than anybody on our team. The guy's got cardio for days. He's uh, just a mental mastermind, like smart in there. He has great fight IQ. Um, and the will to win is just like huge with that guy. So no doubt in my mind, that guy could be the champ. I, the only thing that I can think of why these guys wouldn't be giving it to him is because he's such a nice guy. He's, you know, they want that guy that's just talking trash and, you know, it's stirring up a bunch of drama and, you know, Josh isn't that guy. I was never that guy, you know, and, and the UFC doesn't usually like, it's not that they don't like that. It's just, there's a place for that. And I think they just want, as of right now, just as much drama as they can get and they're not getting it. So it, it sucks because Josh should be the next one in there fighting for that title. So I'm hoping it happens, man. I'm, I'm, I'm pushing for the guy any way that I can, you know, and I I truly believe that he deserves it. So we'll see, man. Fingers crossed. I mean, you fought your last UFC fight was against Alexander Volkanovsky and we've seen some of the performances he's had. He's, he's at a lot of people feel like even above Usman Volkanovsky is the best fighter pound for pound on the planet right now. A lot of people feel that way. If Josh was like, Hey, Chad, give me like one piece of advice that you would give me before I fight. Volkanovski. I'm sure he's going to pick your brain anyways, once that yeah. fight's booked, but what would you tell him? Like, if you'd only give him one piece of advice, what would you give him? Focus on output. There's one thing we did not pay attention to with that guy. You know, he's, he's decent everywhere, but the thing I think that separates him from most guys is that he has a pace that most guys come in and I felt like I was above him as far as skill set, power, speed, but he keeps that pace the entire time there is no peaks and valleys with him and i think that's what what people don't realize when they get in and fight him so when when other guys are starting to come down he's staying straight across the board and that's something we need to focus on i mean we he had fought uh um my teammate uh uh 
geez, I'm drawing a blank on um, Darren Elkins and hit him with the big right hand. So it was like, our thought on this was, okay, he's got power in his right hand. We got to prepare for someone that's going to just wing overhands and be prepared for that. And that was like one of the main things we focused on. It was a stupid training camp tactic right there. If we would have focused on output and outpointing him and keeping our, our pace and keeping that, that, that steady across the board, I think things could have been different. And I think that's why Josh wouldn't match up so well with him because Josh, I mean, that guy's cardio is insane. You know, he can have insane output, but he's got tremendous power also. So um, I think the two match up great. You know, Josh is a huge 45er. I mean, he's really big, not so tall, but he's just thick everywhere. Big, big boned, like everything. Like he's just a tank. When, like I said, when he hits, he hits hard. So um, being able to keep the output, he has wrestling uh, and being able to land some of those big shots. I think it's a bad matchup for, for Volkanovski, but I don't know, man. We'll see. That is the fight game, though. You never know what can happen. So, uh, yeah, man, I, I'm hoping that Josh gets it. I know I know he deserves it more than anybody in that division right now, so we'll see. And I want to get your take on one other thing because, you know, you talk about sort of the politics of, of the UFC and the sport, and we've, for years, I mean, since June of last year, probably a little bit less than that now, but Nate Diaz has been trying to get this last fight. Like, get me in there for, like, I want to be done. It's the last fight on my deal. Like, just put me in there with somebody. I don't care who it is. So after all said and done, now he's going to fight Hamzat Shemaev in a five-round fight in the main event of UFC 279 on September 10th. A lot of people that I've talked to said that this is a fight he asked for, but I think a big part of that is just like, I don't care. Like, if you want me to fight him, like, I'll fight this dude just so I could be done. But mm -hmm. When you saw that that was the fight that was made, how did you react to that? I mean, I didn't really think too much about it, in all honesty. Uh, you know, Nate, Nate, Nate's a dude that will get in there and honestly fight anybody. I don't, I don't think he really gives a shit about who it is. Um, you know, the fact that he just wants to be done and they're, they're basically adding, adding a name like Nate Diaz to this guy. Hopefully, you know, they're, they're probably banking on him to get in there and just destroy Nate. So, I don't know, man. We'll see. Nate's a tough son of a bitch. You know, that guy can pull off anything at any point. So, um, but yeah, I, I didn't really think a whole lot about it in all honesty. Do you think Nate has like anything can happen? Like you said, but yeah. do you think like a lot of people just feel like Tom's not just going to run Nate over. Like he's got no chance to win this fight. You don't feel that way. Right. Or do you feel like, do you heavily favor Shamayev or do you think Diaz there's some way Diaz could get this thing done? Yeah, I mean, Diaz has some slick submissions. I mean, those, both both of the brothers do. I mean, you can't ever just say someone's going to walk through anybody because, you know, it, we've seen this so many times where you think that and then somebody gets in there and gets caught, caught with something, and you're like, holy shit, did not see that coming. So, no, I wouldn't say that he's that he's just going to get in there and walk through him. Could have happened, of course, but uh, no, man, Nate's, I think Nate's a tough dude. Nate could pull out a win anywhere, you know. He could overwhelm him with output, you know, and and just completely pick them apart if it gets later into those those rounds. You know, obviously those guys' cardio is insane. Those guys can just keep going and going and going and take a punch, take a beating, uh, you know, and if you're not prepared and ready for that, that shit can sneak, sneak up on you later in those championship rounds. And, you know, if you're not mentally tough, that stuff will break you back then. So, um, yeah, I think anything could happen. But, no, nah, man, I think, I think that can be an exciting fight, man. Well, I'm, I'm curious to see what happens there. I actually think it's, I give Diaz more of a chance than most people are giving him as well. Yeah. And plus it doesn't really matter. Nate's the kind of guy that 
just needs one moment and his stock doesn't drop at all. Like he, exactly. like he's yeah. losing to loses to Leon Edwards for almost the entire fight. He lands one shot, has Leon rocked a little bit. And everyone's talking about Nate. No one's talking about Leon winning. Yeah. It's about Nate having that one moment. He's just yeah. got that, that mojo, right? Oh yeah. No, that's, that's the, the Diaz brother swag, man. They got it. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, we're going to check out uh, your adventure swag. Uh, the Polaris Razor, Chad Mendez took a ride. It was uh, apparently very exhilarating, and you can watch it all on the Polaris Razor YouTube channel once that gets released, probably in the next three to four weeks or so as we're talking right now. But make sure you check that out and and check out Chad on there and going over 60-plus foot jumps, which I'm really excited to see, Chad. Thank you. And I, I can't wait to see it. They haven't showed me anything yet, so I'm like just itching to see what, what this looks like. But yeah, thank you, man. It's always a good talk. Always good talking to you. And I appreciate you having me on. You're listening to the Vox Media Podcast Network.